Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast, presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. Syracuse, Orange, we're here. We're talking Syracuse. Brent Axe, who Ooh. Mac, I could I say this on the show. I could listen to him read the phone book. I love listening to him. He was born to be in radio, and he tells so many great stories. But Mac, before we get to Brent, this is a big week. All right, it is a big week. This is Valentine's week. Huge week. Yeah. So I know you're going to be ready. You're going to be spoiling khaki, right? Because Valentine's you know, is all you know about what? the girls. You know what? That, that's a great point that you bring that up. I, here, here's the deal, KG. I'm challenging you because I am sick of this sexist <laughs> holiday where it's only one-sided and all these beautiful women expect to get all this stuff and the men are just left to dry. So <laughs> I want to do a little challenge here for okay. my friends at Ingles where you have to spoil Nick. He deserves that, okay? So you got to go make like a little gift bag, whatever it is, and I'll do the same uh, for Khaki. I'm not going to make her do the challenge. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to do the challenge here. And uh, we're going to see. We're going to see who has the better gift basket for their spouse via our friends over at Ingles. Are we we good? Can we do that? Yes, I like it. We need a spending limit because we know Max is a big baller. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, a good point. We'll discuss the spending limit (laughs) off air, but that it needs to be the same. Well, you know, at Ingles, you're going to save a bunch of money. Well, that's we true. can that's we true. can run this thing up and get a bunch Ingles of stuff. But you're right. We, we can get we can get way more bang for our buck yes. with our friends over at Ingles. I like that. Well, and this is even better, Mac, because as per usual. Oh wait, no, I'm leaving the morning after <laughs> Valentine's Day, so I'm actually oh, here. Good. I'm actually good, good, good. Um, in person for Valentine's Day, which is a rare occurrence during basketball season. Rare. But Mac, look at you, just standing up for the men of the world. Yeah, it's I'm so just trying. I'm just trying. We we deserve to be spoiled too. Okay. Can we send little, Brent a, a Valentine's gift basket? Right. Yes. I like that <laughs> idea. I like that idea. Listen, let, let's get to that because he was awesome. We went for a long time. And hey, we were we were excited before, but I'm running through orange walls right yes. now, baby. Yes. Okay. And y'all will too, right after this. Let's get to the interview. A quick message from our friends over at Ingles. And then here we go. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingles Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingles personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. The Axe Man is back. So y'all know what time it is. We're talking about the Cuse Orange. And I'm excited about this one today, B, because I've just got to say, man, there's a lot of hype starting Mm. to be created for the Cuse Orange in 24. We're going to look at 23 just a little bit. But, brother, thank you for joining us. We're glad you're not in the hospital. We were joking a little (laughs) bit about that. You're home. You're happy. You're healthy. You look great. Appendicitis, uh, do not recommend if you don't have to have it. <laughs> it's a funny little organ. It just kind of decides one day, like, I'm out. And it's like the worst mm. pain you'll have in your life other than uh, childbirth, as Kelly knows. So, listen, uh, <laughs> it's great to be here and not in the hospital. It's great to see you guys. And so here's the thing. Like, we joke all the time that there's no off season in college football. In Syracuse, New York, guys, it, it has not existed since the day <laughs> Fran Brown's name came up 
because of look, just the general process of hiring a coach and everything, but the man will not stop adding players to his roster. Like yeah. there was a point I was like, please, please stop doing this <laughs> so I can like have a day off. But the hype is unlike anything we have ever seen in Syracuse, New York. You know, when I talk to my readers, I have a, uh, a shameless plug here. We have a Syracuse Sports Insider text program now where we text people. Oh. And when I send the basketball stuff, they're like, no, more football, football. Give me more football. It's It's been incredible. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. That's good news for us. Let's jump on this train wow. with you. I think, uh, I think Dan Presser is the leading conductor, uh, my producer over there on the huddle. He, he's, you know, balls to the wall with that and uh, very excited as a Q's alum. He's been hitting me over the head for years about <laughs> Syracuse. And now, now I think there's some legitimacy to that. We're going to talk about all that. But I do want to start with 23. Uh, because I think there's kind of, uh, let's say it's a little typical lately of Syracuse, but there's like multiple seasons within this one. Mm-hmm. You know, when you really look at it, you've got the blazing hot start. We're all excited. Offense is looking good. Defense doing their thing. And then Clemson. And then, you know, North Carolina. And then FSU. And then Virginia Tech. And then, it's like this this bulk of the schedule was just absolutely brutal. Uh, and then we we start playing backyard football. And it's just like, hey, we've got guys hurt. I don't know what else to call this thing. Let's put our best player at quarterback and see what happens. And it was fun. And it was interesting. And it was unique. And now there were times where it absolutely did not work. And you're just like, what the heck? But overall, man, when you look at this 23, what, what, what's kind of your you know 30,000 foot view, you know, kind of opinion on this thing? I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I tell my readers and listeners all the time, I don't root for your team, but I root for interesting. And that was one of the most interesting seasons I've ever covered just from the standpoint of, you know, I, I turned to my colleague, Emily Liker a hundred times during the season. I'm like, what are we watching right now? I'm watching Dan Villari <laughs> run out here and play quarterback. It, it felt like a wishbone offense from the 1920s. But I think what last year comes down to guys is pre Garrett Schrader injury, post Garrett Schrader injury. Right. And <laughs> what that meant for this football team when he was healthy and he was humming, that offense had something, the combination with him and LeQuinn Allen and what they were trying to do. But once we kind of found out the severity of his injury, you knew. I'm really struck when I go back to after Syracuse lost to Florida State. And a lot of those losses you mentioned, Eric, they came on national television. You know, ESPN, mm-hmm. Thursday night football, primetime games. Syracuse found itself on national TV a lot and just fell on its face, unfortunately, in many of the times that they did. And I'm sitting there at a press conference with Dino Babers. And I asked Dino, this is halfway through the season after they lose to Florida State. It was like 41-3. And it was just a general question about, like, how's, how's your team looking? You know, war of attrition, depth, that whole thing. And Dino comes back with this terse, we don't have any depth because it all gets bought away comment, right? And mm-hmm. it just spoke to NIL and the current life that Syracuse football is dealing with, everybody's dealing with, right? With what's going on in college football today and how he just didn't seem to be embracing it. Meanwhile, yeah. we're kind of wondering, like, what's the line here? Is six wins good enough? Is seven wins good enough to bring it back? And Eric, that's the other thing I think about. John Wildhack is on record as saying that if Dino won seven games, he's back as mm. to f- serve out the last year of his contract here in 2024. And then you're thinking, do you extend him? And that's... We're not having any of this conversation mm. to go back to the old cliche of one play goes one way or the other. And Syracuse yeah. beats Boston college. Syracuse wins a game last year that, you know, they were supposed to win. 
we're not talking about any of this, right? But mm-hmm. they did lose that game. They did go down the stretch. John Wildhack smartly sensed like we had to turn the page here, and and here we are. Well, and, and that's a, a great way to put it, Brent, because I do think it's interesting. You know, whenever you fire a coach that made a bowl game, depending on where the pro, you know, which program you're talking about, but for most programs in the country, firing a coach that made a bowl game is an interesting move. But I think there was so much more to the situation, to your point. And how much of this, Brent, do you think is Dino Babers, love him, great guy, of course. I think we all agree with that. But was he not super in on embracing what Syracuse, a place like Syracuse specifically needs to do in embracing NIL and things like that? Do you think think that was part of the decision as well? Because whenever he spoke Mm. publicly about it, he seemed frustrated with it. He seemed like this this is a chore. Mm -hmm. Whereas. You look at not that mm. other coaches haven't. I mean, Dabo's been pretty outspoken about it, but he's got a little sure. he's got a little more leverage <laughs> to speak from where he's coming from. Yeah. When you're so, serious, so you can't. B, you can't you don't like think that. it was more like it wasn't a cry for help. It was like this. I don't like doing this. It was both. I think it was both. Okay. But it was not. Okay. It was okay. probably not the way you should have gone about it. And as sure. we'll get to here shortly, Dino was upholding that process, right? So I think it mm. was a little bit of both in that, Kelly and. I just walked out of that room that day and I almost wanted to tweet it or something. I'm like, eh, you know, like I don't want to get on the freezing cold takes here in two months, but I knew he was done. I just knew he was done. But again, knowing that wild hack could bring him back, you just kind of had to let the process play out there. Now what upheld that as we now know is there were a lot of donors, a lot of alums specifically former players in the mix here that were specifically not donating to the program. Because mm. of Dino Babers. And what I mean by that, wow. guys, and Kelly, you said it. I love Dino. He's a great dude. I would love to hang with him, watch movies, and I enjoyed covering him. But Dino just had these really weird procedures. And one of them was that former players were just not embraced. Alums were not mm. embraced. There's exceptions to all rules. I don't want to paint with a broad brush here. But when Fran Brown was hired, the day he's hired, I see people in the room I hadn't seen around the program for years, and I talked to a number of them. Robert wow. Drummond, wow. running back from the 87 football team. Quadrius Smile, who went on to play in the, for the Baltimore Ravens, one of Syracuse's notable NFL alums. Five or six other players on the record with me, and I wrote a column that day, and about 20 others that reached out and reiterated what those guys said. They didn't feel welcome around the program. For Dino's first mm. year as head coach, he essentially said, I get it, but give me a year with this team and we'll figure it out, which was kind of understandable at the at this point. But come on, Eric, you know, you got to embrace your alums. You can't shun yeah. them. So it was not a coincidence that when Syracuse right. made this change, all of a sudden there's more money coming in. There's more donors coming in. And you can go get a Kyle McCord, as I'm sure we'll talk about in the transfer portal and mm-hmm. things of that nature. The second thing that was weird was he never let us talk to his assistant coaches. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, that's an opportunity for them to want to advance and get out there. And if they want to be head coaches and and kind of move up the chain. So I think a lot of that stuff just kind of came to a head right at the end. Yeah, man, that's fascinating. And and again, appreciate the insight because that's something that, you know, just with you being so intimate with the program and and being there each and every day, you know, you know that because that to me is bizarre. I mean, you got to get those guys in the house. We got to see what Syracuse men look like and I love when coach Brown said that you know that, that was almost a uh you know a, a call out to everybody you know in his opening press conference saying I don't necessarily need your money I need your time and I need you here I need people to see you uh and I think that's that's so important because you know as as 
you know, players, we're walking in those footsteps. You, you've already been there. We're walking in your shoes. We need to know how and what mistakes you made so we don't make them. And, you know, how can we leverage that? So that, that, that's bizarre. But at the same time, I love that Coach Brown has has really, you know, kind of embraced that, did that. Jumping back into the season, man, uh, you know, when when I bring up that losing streak where it's just like, oh, my gosh, here we go. Depth's a concern. Injuries are a concern, and that's really been the biggest thing for me. And and I think coaches Brown has addressed that, and we'll talk about that again. I keep we keep saying we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to get there, uh, but that's just what it was. And we didn't have the size, we didn't have speed, we didn't have availability because guys were hurt or, or injured or whatever. But then they found a way, and that Pittsburgh game, I think that was the first game of the backyard football. And you know they went two out of the the last four there. I saw grit. I saw promise. I saw dudes that love to play ball, and you have to celebrate them for that. You do. And LaQuinn Allen, I think, really stepped up on both positions, not only running the football. He was back there playing a little quarterback. The legend of Dan Valari shined through here, and what he was tasked with doing. Now, this is a guy who, remember, went to Michigan as a quarterback, just didn't cut through there, comes to Syracuse, wants to play quarterback. They move him to tight end, and then eventually – has to go back to quarterback. Now, he could throw the ball a little bit, but not to the extent that you're going to ask him to throw 20 to 25 times. But the way that offense went all in on that, embraced it, found a way. We said it. They were still a bowl-eligible team. They almost won another game, which would have changed the whole conversation. And the defense, the way the defense is, they've been asked to do a couple of times in recent years, just kind of held things together. Now, that last game against Wake Forest, you can start to see some of the, the seams coming apart, as you mentioned, Eric, with the depth and, and some things that happened. But the way Marlo Wax, you look at the stats every game, dude's got 14 tackles, and Caleb Okachuku yeah. and that defense stepped up. That's a credit to them because it could have easily gone the other way. They knew there was pressure on their coach. They knew it was a kind of here-we-go-again season. But that team bonded together, and they found a way – to fight through that and <laughs> every game they ran that offense i'm just like how are they doing this because eric <laughs> kelly you know what's coming it's not like right. you know we're gonna razzle yeah. dazzle here this isn't gonna be some kind of chess match like you know it's coming but that's football at its best when it's like here yeah. it comes here's the play spider to a y banana try and stop it and most teams couldn't do it they couldn't yeah. do it and Boy, yeah. I, I just, there's this image, the last home game, Dan Valari comes in. He's got ice packs everywhere. Just, <laughs> he's, he was like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Batman movie when he was uh, Mr. Freeze, just ice packs. And I'm like, that, that's this season right there in a nutshell. That is amazing. Hey, K- KG's a big superhero a uh, movie yeah. gal too. So she knows exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I sure, do. Yeah. Hey, hey Brent, the, I do. She gets no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen That's the dark night. It's a couple years. It's a couple years. Just a couple night? years before the dark night. <laughs> a few years. It was, it was a, Kelly, it was a okay, terrible well, I've movie. I've seen that Don't one, get me wrong, but Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was good. He's going to have to watch it. No, he's going to have to watch it. Oh, he's terrible. But go watch it. Okay. Mac, with all due respect, I'm not sure I'm going to ask Brent any more questions about 2023 because I want to talk about. Fran Brown and Kyle McCord and how all this went down. And I could listen to Brent read the phone book. So I want to hear him tell me this story of how this happened, what he was thinking when Syracuse hired Fran Brown. And then when you start seeing the stuff on Twitter of 
Kyle McCord oh, yeah. is heading to Syracuse. Brent, walk us through all of this. It's quite a story, Kelly. So let, let's just backtrack <laughs> to when Syracuse is officially on the market. John Wildhack announces before the last game that Syracuse is in the market for a coach. The whole Syracuse Twitter world could not say Dan Mullen's name enough. And I was just like, look, guys, all due respect to Dan Mullen. He is not coaching in Syracuse. It's through that whole thing. Boy, did I have to bite my lip a bunch. I'm like, God, just stop. Not happening, right? But then some names started to emerge. Bob Chesney was the main name at Holy Cross. I was convinced he was the guy. Late in the process, Fran Brown's name comes up. Not heard the name until then. And then you start looking into it and why and what the plan was and what he was selling Wild Hack. And then, boom, everybody learned pretty much at once. Like, here we go. This is happening. Fran Brown gets hired. From the minute he hits the ground running, Fran Brown is bringing in players, players from Georgia, players, the Camden, New Jersey connection. This is the main thing with Fran Brown, guys. Camden, New Jersey, and all his Jersey guys in those Northeast roots that he has. John Wildhack is pretty much sold by Kirby Smart, the Georgia coach. Like, you would be a fool not to hire this man. Fran Brown was at Kirby Smart's side and learning about being a head coach. Meanwhile, having the reputation as a great recruiter. So what Fran Brown did, Kelly, is he came in, and it wasn't just, this is what we're going to do. It was, this is what we're doing, because the man was showing receipts right away. Goes back to those Jersey connections. He know Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord from Kyle McCord's Jersey roots, had recruited him, had, had seen him play. So while the transfer portal offers opportunities in terms of money and playing time, and you got to kind of scout out where you got to go. If you have a connection to somebody, it's an advantage. So Fran Brown early in the process flies to Columbus to talk to Kyle McCord. I got a tip about this from somebody and they're like, look, this is, I'm not messing with you here. Kyle McCord's in play for Syracuse. And I was like, Come on, man. Because let's be honest. I was the same way. You're going to pay Kyle McCord. I was the same way. I saw it, and I was like, get get out of here. Like, what are y'all talking about? No shot. (laughs) That's what I said. Because I'm like, look, Fran Brown's great. He's a good recruiter. But then you start to say, well, okay, there's a connection there. So that gets you in the room. They're like, well, where's the NIL money coming from? And it's what we talked about. All of a sudden, there's all these alums coming Mm. back. And in Kyle McCord's case, there was, I don't want to give anybody free advertising here, but there was a. I'm going to say this, a local business owner that stepped up and said, I got you covered, whatever the price is. Okay. Boom. Kyle McCord's the Syracuse quarterback. So I'm thinking back to, cause I, I broke that story that Kyle McCord was coming in and I'm getting the information. I'm getting the tips and it's locked in. And there was a big visit mm. weekend, Kyle McCord, Fidel yeah. Diggs, like all the transfers were here for a visit. And there was a big event that they were all at a big team dinner. I'm sure you guys saw some of the the, the Lamborghini <laughs> photos and some of the the bling they were bringing into the dome. So this was actually a different event than that, but that's how they were kind of shining those recruits. Signed, sealed, delivered. They get him. They get him the NIL money he wanted, the opportunity to play, the connection to not only play again with, with uh, Fran Brown, but new Syracuse offensive coordinator Jeff mm-hmm. Nixon. Had a plan for him. Play uh, uh, pro style offense. A lot of twelve personnel fits what mm-hmm. you do, and all of a sudden, 
not not only because of the connection to Fran Brown, Kelly, but there's a plan here. This is the offense. He kind of had a little insight, I would think, into what a Ronde Gadsden yes. status yes. is. Who would be back? Who would? Who's my offense? And then, what a world we're living in. Kyle McCord, the Ohio State quarterback. Fidel Diggs, the Texas A&M defensive end, and so on and so forth. A couple of players we'll mention here. Georgia wide receivers. The flood. Everybody comes to Syracuse. It, it was absolutely incredible. I'm still pitching myself. I'm still like, what? The way you told it, absolutely delivered. And, you know, it's funny because it it brings us full circle a little bit because Dino Babers was talking about losing his depth for NIL. And if guys, you know, if they do well at Syracuse, then maybe they leave and go somewhere else. But there is an advantage to NIL that if you use it the right way, it can help you at a place like Syracuse where you can get an established quarterback who wants to go play right away, has a connection with your head coach, knows you're bringing back a Ronde Gadsden, Luke Allen, mm-hmm. and says, I'm there. So you're kind of seeing this whole story go full circle. And I feel like that's one of the most appealing things about Fran Brown. And you mentioned yeah, the fan base really embracing it. I know it's it's February, January. It's February, and we're still in basketball season. And, you know, DH Affairs putting up 40. That's right. right. But are you feeling that? Like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have a sellout or whatever for game one, but are, are we feeling that excitement? Kelly, I feel it every mm. day. My readers, my mm. listeners can't get enough football. And that's because Fran's yeah. delivered. It's not just the curiosity yeah. about everything. It's they're it now. It's Pavlov's dog. They've been trained to wake up and so-and-so has entered the transfer <laughs> portal and transferred to Syracuse signing day coming up this week, which is not, you know, the, the electric signing day it used to be. And I'm sure. not sure it's going to be that busy for Syracuse, but they flipped a bunch of recruits back in December in a short period of time that some had Fran Brown connections. Some had Elijah Robinson connections, the new defensive coordinator, who was an ace recruiter himself, Nick Williams, who they brought from Colorado. So that was kind of their big mm-hmm. recruiting plunge. People can't get enough of it. And Kelly, I am going to make you a guarantee on this podcast right now. You ready? Every Syracuse football home game is going to oh. sell out. <laughs> For the first time since when? For the now, first time wow. since now, when? I, I can't remember the last time. Oh, wow. Now, here's, here's Donovan McNabb? Here's, here's not even a McNabb era oh. that, that happened. Here's my cheat wow. Here's my cheat code on this. <laughs> so they're renovating the, the JMA Wireless Dome this summer. And including in that project, there are now 42,000 mm. seats. Mm. Oh, okay. Down from 49. Mm. So I've got the math on my side. I've got the buzz like on my side. They averaged 37,000 people. Yeah, come on. We can get there. Even through everything we talked about. You can get there. Wow. Right? Here we go. They're going to sell it every game. That is amazing. And and here's the deal. Since we're talking, I do want to jump back into some of these other players and and what you guys are adding. But looking at the schedule, it's a little weird, a little unique, because it's four home games in a row, three away games, home game, away game, away game, and then two at the, the end at home. So it's very interesting how you, you kind of have this this spurt here, but I think I like it. I mean, the way that it sets up, uh, I, I think you start fast, you're in a really cool spot, and, and you're feeling really, really good about yourself, uh, just, just about what you can do. And the good thing is, you know, you, you got a little bit of a warm-up versus Ohio, and I don't have any insight on Ohio right now, uh, but I, I think you feel okay about that. And then you've got a really nice battle against Georgia Tech and against a quarterback and an offense that are established and, you know, arguably yeah. could be one of the more exciting ones coming back in the ACC. So 
it's it's got to start fast. It's got to happen quick. And I, I just think with everybody coming in, all these guys that are coming in now, that, that that's beneficial and that's helpful. One thing, you know, Brent, that I, that I saw on these players, because we'll, we'll go back to the schedule again, but looking at these players, the, the 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 common knock, I guess, that I've had for Syracuse since I've worked at the network is starters are good. Starters are in a good place, and there's some really great talent sprinkled throughout. But then when we get to twos and threes, it's just guys either aren't ready or are not big enough, and it's just dismantled. And I'm looking at this portal, and I see 6'5", 240. 6'3", 6'4", 290, 6'6", 270, uh, 6'4", 315, 6'7", 330. I'm seeing dudes. I'm seeing big dudes. And that's how you win football games. That seems to be addressed right now and, and something that they're automatically building that depth, which I'm excited for. You took the words right out of my mouth. I got my, my little cheat sheet <laughs> over here, and I had to write them all down just to remember, like, yeah, Fidel Diggs, 6'5", 260. Braylon Ingram, who, by the way, transferred to Syracuse from Alabama, <laughs> 6'4", 301. Deion Wilson Jr., anytime you can bring in a guy whose nickname is Tank, I'm in. Sign him up. 6'5", 300. Isaiah Hastings, who, by the way, chose Syracuse over Alabama, 6'4", 290. But it's not just size. And you got to add in Josh Miller, by the way, offensive lineman who transferred in from Georgia. That's big. It's speed. Yeah. Hey, guys, remember Deuce He's Chestnut? Back, baby. Went to LSU, He's back. disappeared. He's back. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Stroke of Midnight, New Year's Eve, by the way, <laughs> put out his announcement. That was genius. I, I love it. It's just trying to live, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to watch Ryan Seacrest ring in the new year and Deuce Chestnut's He drops it on his. But that's, that, that was smart. Uh, Devin Grant, they brought in from Buffalo, a safety, uh, who was one of the most productive players in the MAC last year. James Hurd Jr., great wide uh, linebacker from West Virginia. So it's size, it's speed, it's it's productivity, it's guys that can step mm-hmm. in right away. The big thing is the offensive line, Eric. I don't have to tell you this. Mm-hmm. That's been the biggest problem with Syracuse. So Chris Bleich moves on. I think David Willabaugh is going to be healthy again. He showed some promise last year at right tackle before he got hurt. You've got a few key guys coming back on that offensive line. That's the one thing through all this. Everybody was saying to me, Brent, I love the oh God. I love what's happening here, but they wanted to see a little more offensive mm-hmm. line depth mm-hmm. added. And maybe they can still do that when the portal opens right. up again. But man, it'd be hard not to look at this roster and say it has improved where yes. it matters. Not just like bodies, but the type right. of players that Fran Brown was able to bring in. Now let's look at the players that decided to come back. Aronde yes. Gatson. Marlo Wax, LaQuint Allen, Elijah Clark, Justin Barron, Dan Valari, Demar- uh, Damian Alford. Just saying. All just of which saying. Could have got, all, just saying. <laughs> all of which could have gone to the pros or gone to the portal. They all yeah. came back. Yeah. And that was that momentum we talked about that Fran Brown built. It wasn't, this is what we're going to do. It's like, guys, this is what we're doing. You're, you're seeing it right before. 100%. Do, do you know the... Do you know the the scholarship count that they're at? Like, do they have room in the spring? Or maybe are you assuming maybe some guys leave after spring ball and then we have a couple? Because that 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 to me is it's it's the funny thing, especially at Clemson, because you know, Coach Sweeney does not use the portal, but a lot of the times it's you don't have room. You don't have room for the portal. You know, we, we, the guys aren't leaving, yeah. guys are taking those extra years and, and staying, mm-hmm. and he's not kicking anybody out. So do you happen to know that off the, the top of your head? Or, or is there room to add? They're right on the line. There's a little bit of room last I checked, 
But I remember having the conversation. Uh, I brought her up earlier. My terrific colleague, Emily Liker at Syracuse.com. I'm like, someone's going to have to go here. This is going to get tight. And this mm-hmm. happens when a new coach takes over. There's honest conversations yeah. about what your role is here. I think spring ball is really going to tell the test of, is going to uh, right. tell the tale right. of that guys. And I think there's a few guys that are hanging on They're like, kind of let me see how this goes. And then that second portal window opens and they can truly see where they fit. Remember they're changing the offense. This is no longer a three, three, five defense. Okay. You've right. got Elijah Robinson coming in. I loved what he said, by the way, in one of his uh, interviews when he's like, we are, mm. we're going to hunt mm. on defense. Come we're going to get after it. Right. Much more, we we went over the names, defensive line oriented, kind of 4-3 defense. So if you feel like you don't fit in that and you were recruited mm-hmm. to first Tony White, mm-hmm. then Rocky Long's 3-3-5, mm-hmm. you may want to go elsewhere. So I, I don't think we're done in terms of transition, but scholarship-wise, it always seems to work out. And I, I feel like it, it will here at Syracuse. I'm glad to see Syracuse move away from the 3-3-5 personally because I think in some ways it can be a little gimmicky and and that can give you some issues down the line. And of course you want to build up that D line, but Brent, I want to ask about expectations overall for 2024 here in February. And now Mac, do you remember on our North Carolina episode, I said UNC had one of the easiest schedules. You were, you were pretty aggressive about that. Yes, you did say that. (laughs) Sorry, power four, RIP Pac-12. I am looking at Syracuse's (laughs) schedule here and I am thinking, Okay, this is also a very, very manageable schedule. I do not see Florida State, and I do not see Clemson. And I see in the non-con, Holy Cross, Ohio, UNLV, and UConn. So, Brent, how are we feeling about the schedule? How are we feeling about 2024? Expectations. I mean, 12-0. and 0. What, what, yes! what else is there to say? Come on. Ooh, Anna <laughs> Heisman. Who's winning the Heisman? Valari for Heisman. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Now, I say that with a little sarcasm, but I also say this, Kelly. There's an expanded college football playoff this year. And if Syracuse can work its way through this schedule and get into the ACC championship game, is is that crazy to say? Because, look, you just said it. No Florida State. No Clemson. No North Carolina. Okay? True. These now that Georgia Tech game early is key, and I like that they've got an early yeah, game yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't think it helps you to f- kind of feast on cupcakes for four games and then go into ACC play. It has not worked for Syracuse, so I like that mixed in there. Stanford comes in on a Friday night. That's a team I think you should be able to handle. Uh, former Syracuse quarterback Justin Lampson, by the mm. way, making his especially return. Stanford having to travel across the globe <laughs> to come play you. Which way are they going to go? They're going to go right or left? How are they going to get to? Stanford, <laughs> Pacific Ocean, and the Atlantic Coast Conference. I'm still getting used to all this, guys. Now, mm. here's the tricky thing about the schedule, Kelly. And I don't know why Syracuse has done this two years in a row. There are no home mm. games in the month of October. So weird. Yeah. Why? So strange. So, October 5th. Now, I love the fact that Uncle Brent's going to Vegas <laughs> on October 5th. <laughs> Let's go. I am so excited. I've never been there. Oh, okay. I've never been to Las Vegas. It's fun, brother. It's fun. You're going to love it, Brent. But that's a key non-conference game. They brought in a quarterback, by the way, I thought would be here, Matt Sloka Mm. from Holy Cross. Mm. I thought he would come with Bob Chesney. He's now at UNLV, and UNLV can sling it. So that is going to be an early test for Syracuse in the non-con. 
at NC State, obviously a tough game. Out of a mm-hmm. bye Thursday night at Pittsburgh, a place Syracuse Jeez. has not won this century. Oh, wow. They beat Pitt last year in the gimmick game at Yankee Stadium, but they. That is the weirdest October <laughs> I may have ever strange. seen. It's strange. Yeah. Then you come back home, Virginia Tech, who smacked Syracuse last year on Thursday night. At BC, no Jeff Halfley now, so we'll see what kind of team that is. You go to Cal, November yeah. 16th. Now, again, that's a team you should beat, but those West Coast but, trips are weird. Yeah. And I'm wondering what time that game is. If that's noon right. West Coast, that's 9 a.m. Eastern time. Those are weird yeah. trips. But then you said it, UConn-Miami to, to close it out. By the way, thank, thank you to the ACC uh, schedule gods for getting rid of this dopey division format and go into the <laughs> mm-hmm. schedule format we have you know that miami has not come to the dome since 2002 hey, come on miami come on up baby come, wow. come on up and we're gonna come make it cold for you that's it. so that's crazy i you guys say it better than i do but i'm gonna steal your line i'm just saying that syracuse miami game there could be something on the line let's go man come on i'm excited for it listen i was already excited about i think Q's. it's an eight-win team I think it's an eight-win team. I love that. I I love that. Kyle McCord, how quick is the transition? 3,000-plus yards? You think no problem? (sighs) Boy, you would hope so. I mean, he gets 3,000 yards. He's got weapons, man. I know he did, obviously, at Ohio State. I mean, I I know what it was. But he's got some dogs here, too, man. And he did that last year, Eric, with a a bum foot. He's playing last year with a bad ankle. He actually just had a boot on his foot here. That boot is now off. People are freaking out because the, the football team went on the court during one of the basketball games. And they were throwing T-shirts in the crowd. And I saw one out of the corner of my eye go into the upper deck. And I turned to Mike Waters. <laughs> I said, I hope that was Kyle McCord. You bought <laughs> oh your quarterback hitting the upper deck. But he was in a boot. Oh. So I'm getting a 1,000 texts. Like, oh, my God, what's going on with Kyle McCord? <laughs> but he's fine. He just had some stuff cleaned up here in the offseason. He's good to go for spring practice. So, look, Marvin Harrison Jr. is, come on. I mean, he's, he's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. But given you've got a Rondé Gatson, you've got Damian Alford, Syracuse brought in two receivers from Georgia in Jackson Meeks and Yasid Haynes, who are both speedsters. Valari at tight end. God love my heart. Jeff Nixon put in a lot of 12 personnel. They're going to throw the ball to the darn tight end in this offense. But here's the thing. McCord is not mobile. Okay, Garrett Schrader, as we well know, extended plays and just – the guy's doing flips on the field last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you remember that, I don't think Kyle McCord's doing that. So they've got to protect the quarterback. And I know that's like the most essential thing in football, Eric, you know it as well as anybody, but McCord's just not one of these. I'm going to take off and run right. and make a sports center highlight type of quarterback. So they've got to establish. No that. question. No question. Well, brother, this was so much fun. Like I said, Choose to win it all, baby. Let's get it done. A couple of Heisman <laughs> Trophy winners. We might have a tie. Valari and McCord splitting the trophy in half at the end of the year. You're the best, brother. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, guys. It's always so much fun. And I'm just happy that Syracuse fans want to talk football right. all year. This has been great. And you guys are talking football all year. I love your pod. You guys are doing great. Always good to see your faces. And there we go, baby. Let's do this thing. Thanks again to Brent Axe for joining us. The Axe Man. Follow all of his Syracuse stuff. He's got his podcast now. He's he's doing massive things up there. If you follow anything you Syracuse. You can text him, apparently. Apparently, you can just text yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. Talk he's about the Cuse Orange. Yeah. Hey, sounds good to me. Mac, I stand by what I said that this schedule 
is manageable. You're, so, you're coming after people's schedule. We need no, to do no. an episode about think, this. We, that's what we need to do. Well, yeah, but I think they should be happy. This is great. Sure. This is sure. great, Syracuse. You you don't have Clemson. Yeah. You don't have Florida State. You don't have North Carolina. Very manageable. Prison. Start off at home. Like, come on, Syracuse. It's time. Yeah. It's time. It's time. It's time. As uh, Dan Presser will say, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's time to go win a chip. Okay. That, that dude loves his huge orange. I, I don't love the layout of the schedule. This, I agree. Yes, Opponent-wise, it's nice. But the no no home games in October, the, the chunky, like, home, then away, then a little back and forth, mm-hmm. a little strange, but go do it. You know, I cannot wait to see what Kyle McCord looks like in this offense. Right. Cannot wait to see what these big, fast bodies look like. Uh, just something that Syracuse has had flashes of, but has not had depth and, and hasn't added guys. And, and we didn't even really touch on recruiting. Like, we were so excited about the transfer portal. They're right. killing it in recruiting, too, with the high school uh, folks in, in the surrounding areas. And, and Coach Fran Brown, can't wait to get to to continue to meet him and know him and, and just build that relationship because I love his swagger. You know, it, it, it's kind of this – not really soft-spoken, but quiet strength, if you will, where he's just intense, locked in, and ready to go. And and, and I'm excited for it. I love the way that he's leaning into the alumni, too. I think that is so important and uh, I think going to be very beneficial uh, you know, to, to Syracuse and to their football team, the product they have. So big shout-out to the Axeman again. Uh, for KG's birthday, I'm going to get an audio recording of him reading an actual phone oh. book. book. And sending it Thank to her. So, much. so we're, we're going to make that happen. Uh, you know, and, and Valentine's coming, guys. Go get your men some stuff. Take care of them. Okay. That's what we need to do uh, here and, today. And for all the men that listen to this podcast, take care of your wives. Come on. Hey, listen, we already know that. Everyone does that. Okay. We don't, we don't have to have any reminders uh, about that. But maybe you do. Maybe you do. If you listen, hey, Valentine's Day's coming. Okay. So get it right. Get it figured out. Uh, and, and go to Ingles to get your stuff. We're going to have the competition. We need your guys' votes. We need you to just tell us, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? And who won? Okay? Yeah. This is America. We don't do ties. We don't do ties around here. But big shout-out to you guys. We need your continuous help over on YouTube. Subscribe. Jump on this channel. We try to have a lot of fun over here. Uh, and, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.